need to make like a scented candle called like fresh, oh. fresh puppy smell. <laughs> I need to capture to capture the smell of my next puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are, episode two. On Let's Boop Snoots. Let's Boop Snoots. So I think uh, we, we finished up last time on talking about uh, the options that when you're sort of initially talk, uh, talking about getting a dog, um, choosing a breed versus rescue, looking at application processes and choosing a reputable breeder, blah, blah, blah. And so on this episode, I think what we were looking at is, okay, now you've got some preparation to do. You need to look at what your situation is and um, look at the things that you need to uh, have in your house for bringing a dog in. And um, as well, we might touch a little bit on uh, pet insurance at the end. Yes. And also, I think we're going to touch on other things to think about. Yeah. Before getting a dog. Yeah. I guess so more elaboration on that. Yeah. So you've picked your dog and you're all gung-ho now. You've made the decision whether it's a rescue versus a breeder. You're waiting. You're counting down the days till puppers comes to the family. Yes. And um, so some of the conversations that Vero and I were talking about was that um, you need to think about what you want your relationship to be with your dog. You need to think about what you want your dog ownership to look like in terms of your your lifestyle, but also in terms of in terms of your household. Your household is a big deal. You know, it's it's your place. Are you a clean person? Are you a messy person? Because dogs dogs can be messy. Mm-hmm. And those will also be good indication um, to you to see if you've picked the right breed. Mm-hmm. So. I think some of the things that we just sort of jotted down here was like one of the first things you, you want to think about is um, like I just mentioned, uh, how do you envision your relationship with your dog? So I will speak personally to myself when, when we got our last dog, who is Gibbon or Weimarana. Um, I wanted, we had done two rescues at that point. My husband had had several dogs growing up and stuff, and we wanted a cuddly dog. (laughs) We wanted a dog that can sit with us on the couch and watch Netflix with us. Both of us were okay with the dog sleeping in bed with us. Uh, we realized that he was, uh, the Weimaraner breed is a bit active and, um, just like my past dogs, my, my dad is very much a participant in um, caring for our dogs. So I knew that the exercise wouldn't be an issue because we have a family cottage and my dad, I always say I have part-time custody of my dogs because he, he will come and take them literally, especially in the summer, half of the time <laughs> and then they run until they can't at the cottage. Um, so I knew that that wouldn't be an issue, but that that's kind of the things that I looked at. And, uh, so I knew that the breed was a right choice. Uh, we were very excited to have this breed. We were very excited to have a puppy and, um, and that's sort of where we started on there. So, but it's very different for a lot of people. Like, what did you say that they call that breed? Like a certain, Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Velcro, a Velcro dog. Yes. And very much so like there's nowhere where we go in the houses. So Gibbon has joined us today. This is my my Weimarana Gibbs. And he's in the room with me. And he, uh, if he's at home with me, he he never leaves my side, which is nice because when the rest of my family members leave, sometimes my boys all go to a camp during the summer. I, I have my own, uh, my bodyguard 
and mm. I <laughs> see that. Always love. Sorry. Ooh. <laughs> and Heidi's back. <laughs> see, it's funny because when I think of a Weimariner, I don't think of them as cuddly dogs. It's kind of like uh, when we touched on um, when Michelle was helping you find a breed and she mm -hmm. suggested the Greyhound. Yes. As a good family pet. Um, that also surprised me. So when I think of a Weimariner, I think of a dog that's like a nervous dog, like always on high alert. You can see it. You can almost see it like in their movements or like quick movements, a bit like a maybe a standard poodle. It's kind of like that, too. So yeah, I'm surprised. I that I I'm surprised that they're so cuddly dogs, but... Well, like I had heard that they were Velcro, but like you said, like the, all the breeds have their like different traits, their their common characteristics and traits. So you're right. When we were initially talking about a breed, and I was sort of mentioning those things uh, that I just said earlier, we wanted some, a cuddly dog. We wanted we're not like super crazy overactive lifestyle folk. And uh, my uh, buddy Michelle there had suggested to me that she thought the perfect dog for our family would would be an Italian greyhound which I had never heard of they're sort of like the, one of the smaller versions of the greyhound and apparently they're super lazy dogs that are just like couch surfers and I was like but again I was being a bit superficial and didn't like the sort of um look of the breed and that's not what I had in mind for a dog but um I I knew that that Weimaraners were um uh cuddly i knew they like i said they're called velcro dogs mm -hmm. but i knew that that their other common traits were the separation anxiety and when so when i was contacting the breeder i asked what his experience of this was and we knew that we had our other dog becky and i said does having a second dog around help with the separation anxiety and the breeder uh expressed to me that yes it, he found that it helped with a lot of families um but at the same time it all depends on what the personality of your dog was so knowing this and doing research, which is sort of like what we wanted to discuss a bit today, doing your research now that you've chosen your breed and stuff. Okay, if I get a super separation anxious dog, now what am I going to do to correct that behavior? So yes. I made sure that I had extensive conversations with the breeder and with uh, my, my, uh, my best friend there, Michelle, that uh, I would know how to cope with it and deal with it and correct it if that ended up being the situation, which it wasn't. So, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's done pretty well and I'm very pleased with how things went. Very important to look up breed characteristics and traits and how are you going to, how are you going to go about doing that? Yes. So that's funny because the qualities that I was looking for in a dog when I got my first dog, Wiggum, were pretty much the same qualities. So, cuddly, a little bit active, just like playful, but then wants to cuddle up during quieter times. And then I got a Labrador Retriever, Wiggum, and I got the total opposite. <laughs> you know Wiggum, <laughs> Heidi. So Wiggum yes, was, I do. Wiggum was very mellow. If you were to compare Wiggum to a cartoon character, it would be Eeyore. Yes. 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 <laughs> so I would come home from work and what you would expect from a lab is that they would greet you at the door, just excited, do those little tippy tappies, you know, like they're so excited that their feet go up and down and it's like, tuck, 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 tuck. And the tail is wagging. And what I got when I got home was most of the time was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's just like <laughs> laying in his crate. But at the same time, it's like no matter what you asked him to do, like he was super mopey because there was that one time where Vero was staying with me for a very short period of time and um, between moves <laughs> and uh, Vero was at work or off doing something and I had to crate him. So I'm like, okay, we kept the crate upstairs in our spare room where Vero was staying. And I was like, all right, buddy, like, you know, time to get to the crate. And he would do two steps and then like sit down and turn around and look up at me like <laughs> like really? really and i'm like really? okay come on dude come on and then another two steps and then he'd sit down and turn around and look up at me like really it's like you love your crate what's going on we gotta get going know, bud. but so. even when he was not in the crate i get home from work and i'd be like is there a dog in here <laughs> <laughs> and then he would look at me like I was bothering him and then he'd put his head down and then he'd do the sound like mm, like an old man <laughs> like stop bugging me and then like okay I guess I'll get up because I need to pee but then there were some days where he girded me at the door so I don't know see I yeah I have two young kids and and actually you know even talking about the whole door greeting thing that's one of the things you need to think about and and for so for instance with Gibbon um with a dog who can you know lean towards being having more of this separation anxiety when the the coming and leaving of the house is a very important thing that you have to be very conscious of when dealing with separation anxiety yes. so you can't you're not to make a big deal when you leave and you're not mm -hmm. to make a big deal when you come home exactly. because it revs them all up and 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 just charges that anxiety if there's any there so like our our dogs they like well becky not so much because becky's just like whatever like come go i don't care <laughs> becky's a very independent woman <laughs> <laughs> the diva of the household one of them anyways and but Gibbon he always he's like I said alert he's like there's a person here there's a person I want to see that person I want to cuddle that person I want to sit on that person's lap does that person have a treat like he's very <laughs> but but mind you he's still very young too but we were very in in the beginning very cautious of how we did our yes um entrance and exits to the home because of what that could have caused I think the being so mellow was just Wiggum's personality but then I wonder if I did the whole like not making leaving and coming home such not a big deal <laughs> that it just became yeah like he just didn't get excited and 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 you don't really know right like I'm very very pleased with how Gibbon turned out and I don't know whether it was part of the training I did or part of his personality but I think in the end it's it's a it's a little bit of everything I think because when my kids come home they like especially my my younger son he's always very excited to see the dog so when we come home it's always a big deal it's like oh mm -hmm. we're home we're home I'm like get in oh my god my doggy and they and they touch him and they cuddle him and stuff like that however and I was worried like especially during COVID since we were home so much how this was going to affect his behavior but I've gone out like my dog and my dad had the dogs at the cottage all last week um and they were back this week and today had a lot of stuff to do was out running all over the place and I decided hmm, I'm gonna leave him out of the crate and see how he does and he and he did just fine good way to go Gibbon yay Gibbs and I don't know if that's part of like you know the the sort of base standard training that I did or part of his personality oh, probably he is a bit or older. a mix yeah yeah or a mix but um very happy with uh, Mr. Gibbs today. Yes. So yeah, it's just important to to keep in mind, um, like you know how you want your relationship to look, how you want these things. Like you you can go as in 
into as much of the minutia as you can. Like, how do you want them to be when they, do you want them to greet you at the door? Do you not want them to, do you want them to bark when somebody comes to the house? Do you not want them to bark? Yes. Do you want them to sleep in your bed? Do you not want them to sleep on your bed? Do you, are they allowed on the furniture? Are they not? Do you want them at the kitchen table while you're eating or even in the kitchen while you're prepping food and other things? Yeah. And you you really need to make sure that everybody that's in the household, um, in the immediate circle of your dog, are all on the same page. Because you don't want one person doing one thing and then another person doing something else. And it's just very confusing for the dog. It's, it's, it's very similar to parenting, right? Like you need consistent rules when dealing with behaviors, whether it be human or, yeah. or animal. Yeah. But yes, if it's kind of like you can't have mom saying yes. And then dad saying no, and dad saying no, mm-hmm. because then they're going to, when they want something, they're going to go to dad every time. Like, and when they want something else, they're going to go to mom every, and then you get like these weird inconsistencies and it can, it can stir up behaviors that you don't, that are not desirable. Yeah. I would say, yes. but yes, it's, it's very important to have those, um, those discussions. Yes. I would say set even the boundaries. With, and I think with someone with family, it's easy to have those discussions and to monitor it a bit more because you're a bit closer. But if you're in a situation where you have roommates and stuff, I would have an, I would go, I would delve a little deeper into the conversation and say, all right, like I'm getting a mm-hmm. dog. I know you're okay with it. My plan is to let it on the furniture. Like, are you okay with that? my plan is to create them. Are you okay with that? Like, like all these things, make sure they're on board because, and I would ask them what the deal breakers are. Yeah. Cause you don't like that can ruin a friendship, you yeah. know, if you're not both very prepared for it. So, you know, if a dog That's is, right. you can't, if you get, if you can't even get a handle on the toilet training and now you have the dog like ruining the property that you're renting, or even if it's yours, or even if it's theirs, that, that again, that these are issues that you can tackle like right out the get-go. Yeah. And then once you get your dog, there's things that you need to think about. Like when you have friends coming over, I know when I had Wiggum and I had friends or family coming over, I would always tell them when you ring the doorbell or knock on the door and then I let you in, don't make a big deal. Like Mm -hmm. don't excite Wiggum. Just wait Mm -hmm. like a couple of minutes I let him do his thing. Wigan was very good. I think he just jumped on one person. And then mm-hmm. after that, it was just like greeting them, but not being really in that person's face. Like he would just go to the door and just kind of be there when the person came in. So it was kind of easy. But yeah, you just have to make people aware of what you want for your dog. That it, that's a, And that's a nice place to be, right? Like, because you don't want people walking into your house and being like literally like accosted by dogs like yes. like and because uh, <laughs> you never you never know and like the the people that are going to be coming into your home you know we we ha- it's pizza night here every friday night and <laughs> we get pizza from the same place and the same delivery guy comes he like knows our order by heart and this guy is terrified of dogs so he'll stay Ooh. like outside at the bottom of the stairs and if he sees them you can you can see him sort of like recoil a bit and but like we taught them like pretty youngish that, that when they come to the door they sit like beyond the front hall so that you can give people their space to take off their shoes take off their jacket whatever they stay there until like the person is ready to greet the dog and again like that that does take a lot of work and um uh you need people on board like your family unlike my you know like i mentioned my father earlier and how he has part-time custody my dad was 
never on board <laughs> with any of the training <laughs> and he's sort of like the bane of my existence i work so Aww. hard to treat to, to 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 work the thresholds right it's called thresholds like wait until i go out of the door first and then i say i give them a command like okay like it's your turn that means release yeah. like they can walk out the door after me and stuff like that and same thing when I take them for a walk or we're going out anywhere, they sit at the front door and so that and they sit calmly so that I can get their leashes on, get all my stuff together. And only when I open the door and say, OK, do they move from from their spot? Yes. Um, whereas my dad comes in and it's like Santa Claus. He's like, doggies want to go for a walk. Doggies want to go for a walk. And like <laughs> my dogs go like nuts. They like bark and jump and nip at him and he's like don't nip at me I told you I didn't like that and I'm like they don't understand you dad <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand you what you're saying them. to them yeah I even, I even showed him I'm like watch how I do it and um uh so that's just that's that's just the way that's going to be but whenever they come back from my my father's like going to the cottage with them I I notice that they list they test their boundaries with me it's it's like kids coming home from grandma's yeah. and grandpa's. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said that they're like super excited too, right? When they come home from the cottage. They well they're like they're physically exhausted, but there's been no mental Their mind is like yeah. their mind is like on pure instinct drive. So like to look at me and to listen to me is much harder when they've come back from like a weekend or like in this case <laughs> this weekend a full week at the cottage they're just super excitable super impulsive and it's because all of that like natural instinct of theirs is in like overdrive they like, like yeah yeah but um oh I've never had that with Wiggum oh my god <laughs> I can't wait till you Mr. get your Mr. Mellow <laughs> I know <laughs> I know and like I keep I used to call him also the no care bear because he just <laughs> didn't care about anything. He so didn't. He so yeah. didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever get a dog like Wiggum again. Like he's just very special. <laughs> he was very unique. He was like a definitely a yeah. one of a kind. They all are. I love my in Wiggy. In different ways. They all are in their different ways. But yeah. yeah. He was, he was special. He was special. So, and I think we talked about other things to think about before getting a dog. Like, are you going to have any major changes in your life soon? Mm -hmm. So any big moves, uh, thinking about starting a family, uh, new job, new schedule. So these are all things to think about that would, uh, could be very stressful on a dog. Or, or even change your, your lifestyle, making it less yeah. accommodating to a dog. Yeah. And just for you also, if you're thinking about starting a family and getting a puppy at the same time, oh it's a God. lot of work. A lot of work. It's like having twinsies, two newborns at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one onesie for you. One onesie for you. <laughs> they are. They're like babies. They're like newborns in the, in the beginning. If you get a pup, the, it is. It's like being mindful. Oh, and of, they smell good. Oh, they do. That fresh smell like puppy, puppy. Smell. just like babies smell like babies i stop comparing dogs to humans but, <laughs> I, I know, but, <laughs> but they have that puppy smell fresh puppy smell we need to make like a scented candle called like fresh oh fresh puppy smell 
<laughs> I need to capture to capture the smell of my next puppy <laughs> to a candle. <laughs> but uh, you're totally right about the major life changes, though. Like I can remember joining my uh, breeder's Facebook page, and they would, whenever they got a return, they would they would put it out there on Facebook, like, "Hey, uh, this dog just came Aww. back to us. Unfortunate, like life changes." But like, oh, so over the past three years since I've had them as uh, uh, on my as part of my Facebook community. Um, I would say one of the top reasons it would, it would, was pregnancy. It was baby. Like they had a yeah. baby and it just was too much and they couldn't work it out. Oh, that would break my heart. Oh God, me too. I wanted to take them all. I would just have like a flock of Weimaraners all Velcroed to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, and they um, do become like family. Yes. So like parting ways with your doggy after having them for two three four five years mm-hmm. must be difficult yes do you like making that decision i i think we were talking about um the movie a dog's life w- w- the last time we yes, were hanging out we need to watch that so with a gonna, box of kleenex we're gonna yes we're gonna we're gonna watch and watch and we're gonna and, ugly cry yes, that is like one of the hugest ugly cry movies ever but um, they, I was saying to Vera that they did a very good job of capturing the different types of like dog ownership. And they're, you know, for those of the, you that haven't seen it, I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert anything. But one of them was like, a, you know, like a young couple and then they get together and they move in and then they have the kids and start the young family. And it was showing like how the dog like it, it shows it all from the dog's mm-hmm. perspective. Right. So I haven't seen it yet. So I know. I'm like excited to see it, but I know I'm going to cry. It Well, it was interesting watching that part of the movie for me because I was just like, yeah, that's because we had um, Scraps before we had our children. Officer Scraps, our first dog. Yes. So, so uh, <laughs> I didn't feel bad, but like the dog does kind of, and again, as much as I slag on my dad for it, thank God we had my dad around because mm-hmm. the, when if you have a dog first and then introduce children to your life, uh, the dog does sort of take a bit of a sidebar for a bit, obvi- for obvious reasons. Yeah, but, um, I can imagine. You know, Scraps was well established before we had uh, our kiddos, but uh, oh my God. Yeah, you got to, you got, you totally got to think about that stuff. And uh, watching that part of the movie was like enlightening. I was like, oh, Scrappy, Scrappy, no. <laughs> but um, no, Scraps was good and the kids loved him and everybody was very good. To yeah. Scraps, so I don't feel too, too bad. Um, so yeah, and you know, just while we touched on the dog's life and talking about the different relationships, it's like there is like we can speak to our own, which is we wanted a companion, a pet. Yes, a, we a love snuggle them. bug. That's why we're doing this whole show. But um, yes, but there's lots of different reasons. The my neighbors behind us uh, bought this massive mastiff. That's like sounds like a tongue twister. Massive mastiff. Massive mastiff. Massive mastiff. Massive mastiff. M M. Massive mastiff. A double M. Double M. And they bought it because her husband owned a concrete company and they bought them for security purposes. And then again, it didn't work out. And my guess is that they probably did not research or plan for the mm-hmm. training aspect of it and he ended yeah. up in in her backyard because they had a tiny dog and it didn't get along with the tiny dog so the small dog was supposed to be for the house and the massive mustaf <laughs> was for, <laughs> for the, the property and it didn't work out that way so they had to bring the mm home and 
<laughs> he sat in the backyard. <laughs> I felt bad for the guy. And then, yeah. I, and then they ended Aww. up moving. So I, d- I don't know what that guy did. You don't know in. what happened. I don't know what happened to Massive Mastiff. Oh, <laughs> Massive Mastiff. Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> what are you doing? Is that small dog <laughs> kicking you outside? Oh. I know. Yeah, you really have to look at, like, if you want a dog for protective purposes, like, don't get... I don't know. Don't get like a French bulldog or don't get, <laughs> don't get a golden retriever. Or, um, like he, like intruders can just bring treats and like, here you go. And like, like Wigan would have been like, Hey, come on in, give me that treat. I'll show you where all the, where all the good stuff is. Uh, is that an extra sock you have in your hand? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Wigan. Yeah. Wigan like to swallow socks. Oh my God. And that's something I'd be curious to ask uh, your friend, Michelle on how she would handle that. Yeah. Cause I didn't know. I don't know what to do to stop him. Like, I don't know why he did it. it and it's weird. Yeah. Like one you're... day. Yeah. He was like carrying the socks. Like he would just carry one to his bed. And I thought it was kind of cute. And then one day he just swallowed it. Like he didn't even <laughs> chew it. He's <laughs> such a weirdo. <laughs> I know. But... And as soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. I, I remember I, that. I didn't know what to do. So it was just like. Like put. So, the socks away but then it's like he, yeah he just but, knew but it happens like when a, I did laundry he knew exactly where to go exactly exactly or like you know if you were if, if, even in my house where kids leave socks literally sprinkled all over the, the place <laughs> I can remember when you brought them over I was like okay hey, I gotta make sure there's like no socks or dishcloths yeah. right because it's uh, yeah. something you got to watch out for but and um, the food bin <laughs> oh my god okay Vera, oh, you gotta tell funny. that story so I stayed with Heidi for a few days in between moves and me and Heidi were on the couch and Wigan was around and we're just kind of chatting and we start hearing this noise and it's like, and we're like, what's that noise? And Wigan had opened the food bin with his head and had his head stuck in the food bin. And he was just like going to town. I've never seen to town. I've never seen anything like it. He he wasn't even yeah. swallowing. It was literally, no. he literally made that sound. It was, that's how he <sighs> ate. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. He was like inhaling it. So if Wigan were to ever like have his dinner and then for some reason would puke after it would, come out all intact <laughs> just like dry it out rebag it for like tomorrow's yeah meal. <laughs> yeah and then he would eat it again oh <laughs> my yeah. god as dogs do yeah as dogs do he just inhaled his food yeah so oh that was god. another thing i had to be careful was like wiggum was so food oriented that yes you can leave any food around and you get a lot of I, I don't know whether that's a breed specific thing. I'm sure it is with certain ones, but I've I've I think labs are just like that. I I I've, I've heard that of them, but then I've heard of like so many people who have dogs who are not food oriented at all, which makes training a bit more difficult, right? But there's different ways you can reward a dog and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But also another thing to be conscious of when you know choosing your breed, choosing your dog, or or just even meeting the dog for the first time. So let's say you were to do a rescue and you have one of your meetings with them. I would I would ask that about them and I would bring treats with you and see what you can get them to do if they can follow you. Like follow yeah, your, your hand with the treat idea. in it and stuff like that to see how easy training is going to be for you. Because I think yes. I, personally, 
I, I've never had a dog that wasn't food oriented. They all were. Yeah. And I find that that makes a huge difference into how oh, your training's going to go. Definitely. Because I could get Wiggum to do anything <laughs> for yeah. a treat. Yeah. 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 Like if he was, um, like if he was loose or if I, let's say I was at the dog park and it was time to go home. Like Wiggum had pretty good recall, but sometimes like he knew me calling him was meant time to go home. Yeah. So if I had a treat, he would come over or let's say I forgot the treat bag. All I have to yell was like peanut butter <laughs> and he'd come running. <laughs> oh, man. And then when I got home, I had to give him peanut butter, but yeah. <laughs> which kind of brings us to our next topic, which is like sort of making a list of things that you should have ready to go like in your home yes. when you bring your dogo home. So you're getting a puppy and you're super excited and you're wondering, what are the essentials that I need to get? So uh, one thing I will recommend is several of the major pet store chains, such as in, in Canada, Pet Value, PetSmart, I know is a, it's an uh, American conglomerate as well. They all have a, if you go in there and say, I'm getting a puppy, they give you this little package with mm. coupons and everything. And, and you get like a free dog wash and you get like a two for one treat bag. And you get like all these, if you buy three things, you get 30% off, like all these different, like cool, neat little things. So See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So I would check out with like the stores that you plan on doing your shopping at and just say, hey, do you guys have yes. like a, a puppy, a puppy package? A pup I'm getting a puppy. Puppy package. A PP. Puppy package. A PP. A double P. <laughs> do you have a double P from a double M? <laughs> from massive, massive. Massive. Um, but yeah, so again, once you think about the relationship you want to have, about the type of training you might want to do, then yes, it's, I would say, make a list. I would make not only a list of the types of training that you want to do for your dog, like, so, you know, even thinking of like, okay, do I want to do threshold? So make a note of that threshold training. Um, do mm -hmm. I want to do crate training? Okay, crate training. Yep, add that to the list yes. and start researching like those things because it will give you an idea. And then, uh, and then you also have like the puppy checklist, which is puppy checklist, you know, your, so your basic gear requirements. So a collar, um, a leash, depending on which leash you want to use, uh, make sure you do your research because there's different types of leashes and you want to make sure that you're using it correctly so that you don't hurt your dog. Yes. Um, other things to think about when you're getting your puppy is a vet. Yes. So I think the best way to find a vet is to really just ask around people that you know that have dogs, ask them if they like their vet, um, like what's their approach. I know I really liked my vet for Wiggum. They had a really good approach where like it wasn't pushy. So let's say I would go to the vet with an issue. Uh, they would say we can do this, this and that, but let's just start with number one and see where we go. Whereas other vet would be like, well, let's do this and let's do that. And we need to do that. And you need to get all of this. And, and not only that, really but expensive. some of them like really like hone in on like like they they guilt you oh, almost. Yeah. the first they pull your heartstrings. Yes. So <laughs> the first vet that we had with scraps was like that. It was like car salesman pressure sales every time Ugh. you went in and I can remember one day like I made an appointment and I had like a shift schedule change like at work so I asked my dad would you mind taking them and he said yeah and I said <laughs> I said to my dad this hardcore tiny like built like 
like a brick house German, like Southern German, <laughs> like troll, basically, who's like super intimidating. <laughs> I said to my dad, I'm like, dad, they are going to talk you into buying food. They're going to talk you into extra shots. They're going to talk you into another visit. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're going to tr- try to push as much as possible. Just say no. I'm like, just say no. He's going for his shots. I need rabies. I need lepto. That's it. And walk out the door. So I come home. <laughs> I come home from work. And oh, there's no. a big friggin' bag of science diet in my front hallway. And I was like, Dad, no. Anyways, he got, they got you. They got even the angriest of German trolls. It was insane. I could not believe it. But anyways, so we switched Your dad from definitely them. have a little soft spot for his grand <laughs> fur babies. Oh my god, are you kidding me? He like tucks them in at night. Oh. But um yeah, That's no. Pretty cute. That was surprising. And after after that, I was like, "Okay, hey, I'm not going to this bed anymore." If like my dad can't even survive <laughs> them. Like I need to go. So yeah, I switch. I asked around. I heard some very good reviews from one in a different area. It's still pretty close to my house, but what I like about them is the same thing. Like they'll give you a menu like we can do this, 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 this or this. And I say, "I only want to do this and this." And they go, "Okay." And that's that. Yeah. 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 And sometimes if you're getting a dog from a breeder or even a rescue, they might be able to recommend uh, vets. Yes. So I know I went with the vet that my the breeder used. And then there's pet insurance. Uh, some people are really for it. Some people are against it. I know I have a friend, uh, Heidi, you know her, mm-hmm. Nicole. Mm-hmm. She has two golden retrievers. So I'm a little bit jealous because she has two <laughs> and I don't even have one. Harper and Avery. But I'm on my way. I'm on my way of getting one. Yeah. Uh, she has pet insurance for both her golden retrievers. Uh, their names are, just a second, their names are Harper Waffles. <laughs> Harper Waffles is over five. So her uh, pet insurance is about $66 a month. And then there's Avery Sprinkles, who is under five. And her pet insurance is $55 a month. So I was asking Nicole about how, when do they reassess the price of the pet insurance? Mm -hmm. Because it depends on age. So the younger you, the younger your dog is when you initially get pet insurance, the cheaper it's going to be. So they reassess um, when they're over five years old. And then I believe it's the same price from five to 10 years old. And then 10 and up is more expensive. And I was asking her, what does it cover? Like, what kind of plan did she get? So it covers, she said it covers 80% of any exam fees and taxes. Not not like your annual exam, but if you're going in for emergency care, so it'll cover 80% of that fee. Uh, $2,500 per accident, $2,500 per condition per year, and uh, $300 for dental care per year. And they're very happy that Avery has it because she has has had a lot of ear infection. I don't know if you heard the story about her licking scissors and cutting her tongue. Yes, I did. I remember yes. that. And she has a little like notch on her tongue now. You yes. can see it. Yeah. So yeah, she's had like a, a few things that it covered. Whereas Harper, um, I guess, has not needed yet. So you never know. So I just, I kind of did a quick calculation of how much it would have cost for Wiggum at about, I think I said $40 a month 
for 11 years <laughs> and it came up to about just a little over $5,000. So I don't think I spent that much for Wiggum, but I would say kind of close. I would say maybe $35 to $4,000 with all the sock swallowing <laughs> yes. and dish rag that we pulled out of his bum. <laughs> Not we, but the vet. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's another thing to consider when you're choosing your breed and stuff. So you want to look at what some of the common health issues are, what they might be down mm -hmm. the road, and 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 look at what those costs are at the vet. I think the vets, I think vets are sort of like lawyers in that um, they cost a lot of money. People know, like whenever you say, "Oh, and I had to take them to the vet," people go, "Oh my god, how much?" And people compare their yes. horror stories of like vet bills, right? And it's as like well, seventy dollars as soon as you walk through the door. Well, exactly. And then, yeah. And not only that, but you you, you don't necessarily trust them. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it's true. Thing to say about vets and lawyers, but kind of true. But mm -hmm. um. You don't know whether you can trust them or not, right? And are they going to pressure sales you into a bunch of stuff? Are they going to investigate a lot of things? And we, uh, I would say a lot of the population tends to humanize their their pets and especially their dogs. Yes. We've compared them to humans. People will tug on your human strings to be like, well, I went, so for instance, when we went to take scraps to get fixed at this vet, uh, we went in to for the pre-op visit and they're like, now, you know, if you went in for surgery, you, they would give you an IV with fluid. So we highly recommend your dog gets that as well. It just, you know, it, it helps them if we get into any trouble and it just, it, we find that they recover faster. So what are you going <laughs> to say? Like, no, like, and most people like get talked into this kind of stuff. Right. So I think when, when you talk about pet insurance, it's one of those controversial topics where a lot of people have varying degrees of stories. So I remember being shocked talking to Nicole because she was like, oh, it's 100% worth it. Whereas yeah. I took scraps to the vet every year for his shots, which was like under a hundred bucks. And then uh, there was the one time he got porcupine and the same with Becky. Becky gets shots. And, and again, that same freaking porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> almost a year to the date <laughs> um got her I was just like did you guys not talk to each other about this spiky animal but anyways um and that was like six hundred dollars mm -hmm. a pop for each dog so uh I I'm not a huge believer in pet insurance and I, re I can remember a friend of ours making the suggestion which made a lot of sense to me uh if you have um the ability to do this the focus the ability and the impulse control to do this open up an extra bank account Put put mm -hmm, twenty yeah. bucks in it a month a month or a paycheck. So put forty bucks away a month, and then if something happens to your dog, awesome, you've got money to do it with. And if not, right. take a trip to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore because of COVID. Renovate your home. Yeah. Start a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Make some merch. <laughs> but um. So I think it's, yeah, like, like I said, on another one of those topics is there's people who are very much for it, people who are very much against it. And yes. again, um, it, I think another thing that, that adds to that is how, how quickly are you to jump into taking your animal to the vet? So my dogs come back from a week at, a, at the cottage, they're limping for the first two days. Cause I think they've, they have pulled muscles from all the running that they do. Cause again, yeah. there's, there's no dog training up there. There's no control. So they just run like the wild beasts that they are. And, um, but I don't worry about it. Cause I know that after three days they sleep like dogs. 
and <laughs> like baby dogs and um and then they're fine whereas um you know some other dog owners are like oh i noticed my dog was limping today like i better take them in and and they're so quick to go in and then next thing you know they're yeah. taking an x-ray and they're taking all this stuff and that might be something covered by a pet insurance and so if you don't have it then you're paying out of pocket every time you're worried about you know your dog limping or having a sneeze or something yeah. like that you know i think it might help also that we're i think it helps that we're in the medical field yes and we're able to do that quick assessment of of like okay you are know, we gonna... is this actually urgent or we can exactly. wait it out a little bit or this is just it it kind of reminds normal. me yeah. of of a meme that i saw once where it said sorry mommy's a nurse we only go to the doctor if you're dying <laughs> <laughs> yes which is kind of yeah. which is kind of true so i did read an article cuz you mm -hmm. know that's yes i like reading articles <laughs> yeah Never. that only and I was surprised by this I thought it would be higher and I don't know if this article is um true or not but only I think it was like 4.6 percent of Canadian dog owners get pet insurance really but then like how do they yeah how do they survive <laughs> these companies it's yeah well I don't know that's a good question because it I, that seems pretty low, eh? Did it say Canadians or did it say North Americans? Yeah, it was it was Canada. Then maybe it's America because <laughs> maybe these are American companies. Oh. What are some of the big ones again? I think oh, maybe. I think True Panion is one. Yeah, Pet uh, Pet Secure. Let's see. Let's I'm I'm True Panion. Pet Plan. Pet Secure. Pet Plus Us. That seems to be uh the four, four most popular in Canada. Yeah, because that says that, yeah, Canada's number one pet insurance. Mm -hmm. And whereas and I you wonder could if... get a lot of, I guess like you can start off pretty cheap where if it's just for accidents, it's like $15, $20 a month. But then you get all these premiums that you can add like emergency care, surgery, prescriptions, um, illness, that you can add and then it just really quickly adds up can I ask you a question it's, it's kind of like human insurance <laughs> yes um are you gonna get pet insurance for you when you get your poopers i don't think so no yeah me neither no because i've never had any yeah maybe this time will be different but with wiggum besides like a couple of maybe more than a couple maybe like two maybe three four uh vet visits because of potential socks <laughs> in the <laughs> digestive system um yeah besides that there was nothing much yeah so and i'm getting i believe i'm getting him from a reputable breeder mm -hmm. which also might help you make that decision if you're getting him from a good breeder and they're doing all the health clearances the hip the elbows the eyes the heart yes you can expect your dog to have less uh less illnesses or be less affected by that so true that also if you run we will into, see you never know yeah but like and if you run into some of the bigger problems like if they get like like you know cancer within the first year or whatever like breeders will usually take the dog back or, and provide you yeah. with, like, a replacement dog and stuff like that yes they usually have a couple of year guarantee and i wonder which i, I don't know like how i would feel like if i, I have know. my dog for a couple of years and then all of a sudden 
yeah he would fall ill i wonder if there's mm. like i i bet you, i wonder if there's a statute of like limitations between like individual breeders and stuff and i wonder if the humane society does the same i imagine that they, they yeah. would. i think but i again i wonder what the what the time limit is on that like whether it's six months yeah. one year two years and at that two, i know the breeder that i'm getting my puppy from it said two years two years oh my god yeah I yeah like, yeah i would be a little attached <laughs> um yeah a little a lot <laughs> a little a lot i was attached after like week like day one with gibbs <laughs> yeah and becky it's like i know scraps. i know this might be too soon but i love you <laughs> 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 on your way home from the breeder <laughs> so uh, i got i got gibbs from a breeder in montreal which was like two hours outside of ottawa and i can remember i, ha I have a photo I'll, I'll post it on her insta of literally day one driving him home and the look on his face is like sheer terror <laughs> oh, no. so bad you kind of feel bad right you're like stealing this yeah. like child away from its mother <laughs> <laughs> yeah and his like siblings i know and my... he kept seeing like his siblings leaving like one by one <laughs> that day <laughs> it's like where are they going i know but anyways i i had a blanket ready to go for him in the car and i sang to him the entire way home and he fell asleep oh see wiggum whined the whole time i sing to him every time we're in the car together and i think he's like it's soothing it's like our little it's our little thing it's like your moment it's our it's our little moment little together moment. doggy moments <laughs> do you sing songs to gibbon and then you change the words to the song um, so that it's like yeah yeah i do yeah, yeah i do yeah I do. yeah uh me too my children are starting to do it as well and it makes me very proud i can't think of mm -hmm. any of off the top of my head right now but y'all's y'all's yeah so i think we covered like a lot of what we wanted to today and um i think uh what our plan is for the next episode would be the types of training because mm -hmm. ooh, there's a lot to cover there ooh. yes and i have some bigger plans for this puppy oh my I'm god getting. i'm thinking yeah ooh, mm -hmm. ooh, mm -hmm. ooh, let's boop stay snoots. tuned let's boop <laughs> stay snoots. tuned next week <laughs> right, see you next week bye see you next week bye Woof. All right. <laughs> you can delete that. Because last week. Because <laughs> last week Heidi came over and when she left, we were like, woof. Woof. Woof.